Hi there, and welcome to the Team Huddle Podcast. This is the show for professionals who want to explore leadership with their team. It doesn't matter what your job title is, huddles work because people come together, supporting each other, sharing ideas, insights, advice, and then making changes to how things are done, not just what is done. I'm Colin Moby, and along with Tasha Thor Stratton, we created this space for leaders and team members who want to become experts in helping their team become braver at seeing and dealing with the challenges they face. Each of these shows was originally recorded as a live video on LinkedIn, but we've repurposed them so you can get hold of all the good stuff easily as these podcasts. During the shows, you'll hear us chatting, often with other fellow leadership experts, about how to put into practice ideas and actions that actually work and make a difference. We want to see teams come together to develop a deeper team spirit and to get more done in a safer and healthier way. In this episode, we talk about change. Now I'm joined by David Howell in this one, an expert in complex thinking with years of experience in high change environments. But let's be honest, these days, every environment is a high change one. The world is changing at a rapid pace, but the one thing that stays consistent around change is people. People delivering change, people responding to change, people being impacted by change. And everyone deals with change differently. And in this show, we'll explore ways to realistically help each other handle what change throws up. Sit back and enjoy. It's me, uh, and I'm not alone this week. Tasha's off with um, clients, doing amazing stuff with clients today. I've already had photos from the Shard, um, showing off in a glamorous location. Um, but David Howells, uh, a good friend of mine, has, uh, has joined us. Kind of, yeah, I, I know I've done some of these team huddles on my own, but... Uh, it's a team huddle and a team of what a team of one is still a team, but um, it's more fun when there's other people to talk around and bounce off. Um, so, yeah, thank you for taking the time to, to, to come and chat, Dave. No problem. We, we couldn't leave you alone, unaccompanied. <laughs> Looking all lonesome and, and sad on my own. And it's yes. amazing. As much as I like to talk, there comes a point where it's kind of, I'm running out of things to say. Um, yes, I, I've noticed I go a lot, lot faster when I'm on my own. I talk fast yeah. anyway. It's kind of a trait, but when I'm on my own, I talk a lot, lot faster. Yes. I make yeah. a conscious effort to slow down. That's it. Be more uh, on point today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining me. I know we chat with okay. you quite yesterday and um, chatted and thought yeah, this would be a good thing to to bring to more audience. We didn't go into detail yesterday, but we were kind of talking about change and all the fun and yeah. games. Yeah. Not just uh, we were chatting just before this. Not not specifically the theory i'm sure we'll touch on things like change curves and all that kind of stuff but actually the the implications and consequences and reality um of change on people's lives i suppose not just work yeah. but on their lives and how this kind of whole of life concept comes into it so i'm sure we'll get into stuff um but you've been through a fair bit of change um over the years as has yeah. everybody but um yeah yeah quite quite unique change as well but uh, but I always say to people, it's individual. Everybody deals with change differently. And, and that's, for me, this, this is the cliche, but that journey I've been through is that understanding of where people sit within that change and respecting it and trying to understand and, and bring context to the individual. Um, and it's fascinating because it's people. Time and time again, it's, it's what we come down to, the bottom line, it's people. And if we don't understand them, then we set change off on the the, the wrong course, should we say? So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll sort of touch on that and some of the the change events and and projects that were intended or unintended as well that uh, that happen. 
And we'll, there's always be nice, isn't there? Yeah. I think this is that kind of thing about changes. Well, we'll do this, and this will happen. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, this might happen, but rarely does it happen in exactly the way you're expecting to. Yeah, and I think that you know, so many words you mentioned there that stood out: context, people, consequences, and it's this kind of. I don't know about you, but certainly, particularly in my corporate career, the, the focus of change was about the thing, the thing that was being changed, the mm-hmm. process or the system or the methodology or the tool. That was where all the attention, all the energy went. And that was where usually the problems were seen. Always, you know, you just need to get used to it. You need to get, mm-hmm. you need to uh, get trained in it. You need to see it for what it can bring. You need to highlight the problems. It becomes about the thing. And it's not, it's, I love that word context, it's about your unique individual response to the thing. It's about mm-hmm. the emotion, the people element and how yeah. that thing impacts you. And that word, con- I mean, I love, I get over carried away with the word context, but it's, you said at the beginning, it's, it's, it's how individuals respond to change. I go even further and say, it's how re- individuals respond to change right here, right now. How Absolutely. you respond to change will change will be different the yeah. next time. So oh, yeah. changes and different yeah. again. And we kind of think that we have to build I'm going over the plot here, but this kind of oh, build resilience to change and you will be fine. And actually, yes. well, it's different. I'm in a different place. The change yeah. is different. I'm thinking differently. Different things have happened to me the next time stuff happens. Yeah. Um yeah. I was chatting with a client yesterday, um, who is incredibly successful in their job, loves their job um constantly pushing constantly evolving what's going on with her in a team and has hit that point in in that job where there's this huge wave of change coming mm-hmm. in terms of the organization set up around the, her team but also yeah. her team shifting the roles they do and, and they're de- all dead excited and there's some resistance there's some interesting yes. stuff going on yeah and normally she'd be this is it this is what I, this is what i was born to do and there's something major going on at home Yes, absolutely. Something absolutely made you go yeah. at home. Yeah. Well, her her energy, her attention on what's going on at work is like has come to that point where that realization of, you know what, I haven't got the energy to deal with this oh. right now. Any yeah. other time, she'd be the one driving it. She'd be the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But right yeah. here and right now, no, what's going yeah. on at home needs 99% of her attention, yeah. her energy, her love, her emotion, all that stuff. And so not ignoring the change, but actually coming to terms, coming for her personally to come to peace with the fact that's okay. Mm. I'm expected to be the one, you know, if, if I'm open about this, I can't be the one who's immersed in this, driving this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be that person right now. I have yeah. to be that over here. Yeah. Um, and, then, I, and, and, and that creates problems. That creates problems in terms of the, the behavior that is exuded from that person because they're looking to that person to to drive it forward but what they portray or what they want to portray can be different things and this is where we need to get to that self-awareness and and what we call it is that an initial condition sensitivity when you come to do that project and those expectations that come with it to drive it forward and to achieve the end result and whatever that success looks like at the end and there's a contentious issue to start with. What is success? That's another point that um, I've picked up over the years. Because people, all, we talk the same language, but we don't talk the same language. Yeah. What is success? Anyway, that's another thing. But what is that initial condition sensitivity? And you can't take away home out of the, the equation. 
So, and we, we tend to forget as well, and I've found this as well, is that, yeah, we've got this project, we're gonna go from A to B to C to D, and, and it'll be fantastic on the end, it'll bring these benef wholesale benefits, it'll change how we work, it'll make life easier, customers, et cetera, et cetera. But this, that's not, that's one, one element of change. What's going on in their individual isolated, not isolated world, but individual world, other change that's going on. I know we touched on the kind of change curve, but you could be on that change curve in so many different locations for so many different changes. You might be on denial for one element. You might be upbeat and on the upward curve for this project that's the focus. You might have bereavement, illness, all these equations, family at school, university, you name it. It's all going on. That's life. That's life kind of going on there. So trying to roll it up and focusing on that one thing that's for the organization is the most important thing. There's a, that lack of awareness of where that person sits. And as you rightly say, are they the right person for the right role at that time? And probably something we touched on yesterday is that we've got a project team. We're going to overlay that project team onto this project because they were fantastic on this project over here. That's all well and good, but are they? How do we find out that insight to say, yes, they were fantastic over there. And it might've just been luck. And this is sometimes we forget about just serendipity that the right people with the right ability to deal with the complexity of the, of the project came together at the right time. And if anybody's read um, Turn the Ship Around by David Marquette, and the, the nuclear submarine, that was pure serendipity. And they went away and thought, we've done it, we've cracked it. We know how to lead, we know how to manage, now to give people autonomy, to carry out the roles without that command and control structure. But they've never been able to replicate it again. In any ship or any boat or submarine, never. So what's, what is that missing link? And, and that's that, it's a bit cliche, that journey. I've, I've kind of found myself on with, with fantastic people around the world, actually, to, to bring that understanding of the individual and where they are placed at that moment in time that the that an initial project starts and, and whatever it is. And it's that initial condition sensitivity that we need to focus on and understand and appreciate. And it's a way of slowing down to speed up. Yeah. If you, ever, um, if you get things right at the start, and there's a, a great thing um, I learned, which is mise en place, which is, um, it's French. Not <laughs> <laughs> the only French I know, um, but it's it's a cooking term, and the, the analogy that I use is that you look in your recipe book and you find a fantastic recipe that you want to cook. It's a special occasion. What utensils do I need? How much time do I need? Have I got the right skills to actually perform and, and make that recipe? So it looks like the picture in the book because they're always fantastic, aren't they? In the recipe book, and, yeah. I want it to look like that. Very, very rarely it is. There's that drift, isn't there? <laughs> Between you cooking it and, and it actually coming out the, the oven. But if we spend the time there, the utensils, do I need some extra help actually to spend some time and talk me through some of the processes of the cooking? Um, what ingredients do I need? It's no good getting halfway through and find out you've, you've missed one of the ingredients. So you've got to go out and shop for it because that throws it out of kilter and you're not going to get the end result. So by slowing down, understanding who you've got, are all the ingredients there, then we'll start the project. And we 
so often just jump into these things oh that's a great idea let's do it my my time in the in the police service was on a my latter year was as a business change manager for um digital trans transformation and 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 it's not the just the police i'm sure it's organizations everywhere is that oh let's set up a project team and you've probably been through this as well okay uh we need somebody from each of the departments to build this um platform that we're we're building and developing with the, the provider. Um, we want your best people to help with this because it's because it's that important. The departments don't send their best people. They send the people that are coming up to retirement, one that they can afford to lose because they want to keep their best people to help the department because the leader in that silo, that department, wants it to function as best it can. So why am I going to give my best people away? Um, I'll give you people that have have been off on stress for the last few months and, and they can help and it'll be an easier life for them. No, it won't. It'll be even worse. And we're putting these people into a, a, a disparate team without any understanding of who they are, how they're going to react. And we come back to that ability to deal with complexity because projects are complex things. You need that overview. So you need to operate in that com complexity um, envelope. Not in the simple, not in the complicated, that complexity envelope. So, yes, you've got your experts and they'll bring you the information and the data, but somebody's got to have that 360 view of what's going on. And I appreciate you're over there. You're doing a fantastic job. But on this occasion, we need to go with this or this and make those decisions, which is probably more your realm, I think, isn't it, with the IT side of things and how you build those teams to, to bring about change. I think, you know, what... What you're saying is essentially people come into teams with baggage and that's not bad that's not yeah. good that's reality yeah and finding ways to acknowledge that talk about that see what that means mm. and you know this isn't one about safety and all that kind of stuff about you know having an environment to be able to do that stuff but actually you've got to because it's going to have an impact on the change mm. on the success of the change whatever again yeah not going down the rabbit hole of what definitions yes. of good and all that kind of stuff are like but that's true at any point i guess that's true at any point in a team's life cycle so a lot of teams i work with tend to be um agile teams so work you know the project content you know, we come together to deliver improvements to this area mm -hmm. whether that's software or something else but even so there's there's still quite often an assumption that you will go into let's say they work in weekly sprints you will go into each weekly sprint in the way that you came out of the last sprint so mm. there's the kind of work thing well we learned we did our retrospective and we learned this and we're going to apply that but actually again as a as a rounded human being you'll be coming out of that sprint and going into the next one with different baggage it may be a yeah. subtle tweak yeah it may be a major tweak it may have happened in the middle of the sprint or mm. at some weird time but there is change constantly going on and, and having the structures the rituals the trust to be able to see that and acknowledge that and then have a discussion about what does that mean what does it mean that actually you want to retire in six months time and this project's actually going to take this to succeed at this is going to take 12 months what does that mean yes <laughs> what does it mean that actually you're you're the most competent person in this team uh, you know what does that mean oh it means i'm actually doing two jobs because I'm, I'm still doing work for the other team um but yeah. don't worry about that i'll manage it yes. what does it mean what's going on with you yeah um, and and 
how can we help? How can we help? Yeah, and and appreciate it. And it, it comes again down to self-awareness and self-managing. If we can get to that point, that would be fantastic. And touching on that on that retirement, that happened within a project I was dealing with. The, the stakeholder um, had another job to go to. Um, part of the IT providing um, arm of it um, was kind of divorcing from from the company as well that provider so all these impacts have on actually pressing the go button and is it the right reason and I found and this is the kind of the post-implementation report I did that so much was reliant on look it wasn't science it wasn't understanding of the individual or the people on the on the front line who were actually going to have the biggest impact on the overall project it was those other strands and those other pressures that have an impact on the on the go live date um and again what does success look like those people on the project their contracts were going to finish on that date a week or so after it went live and they've gone so what's their interest and passion and resilience to some of the, the things that went on what was that impact on on that and then they just left this product after the go live date with the people who then have got to live with it for years and years and years and this is where we get that that drift as well that that the organization is sold a product in terms of say digital um transformation and they get this picture at the end but where does it kind of drop and droop down down from the end expectation against success to how it is actually lived with and a lot of the workarounds and problems and issues faced as a result, because it's never it never starts here and goes on a, a, a linear course to the end. And wow, thanks goodness for that. It's it's wonderful, and it ticks all the boxes that we we try to kind of cover off at the front of the project. It's it's it, it disappears down here somewhere potentially. But again, coming back to that initial time to get it right and understand it, and where the organisation is in terms of its maturity, and have this what we talk about is a fluid risk matrix which is what you're talking about in kind of the team aspect is who are the right people to go in and let's monitor them because there's mental health in there as well and i've seen people i'm sure you have broken and as a result of it mentally and physically because of projects because we don't understand the individual and how they may play such a major part in it um that's a, that's a really yeah. important point that kind of when either going through change, leading change. I certainly think we've got better, the, the royal we, you know, generalizing yeah. here, but organizations have got cleverer and more savvy at, like you said, managing risks, managing particularly tangible risks. So, okay, maybe there's a contract issue here or there's a, um, a testing issue here or there's, you know, yeah. things that are part of the process. The people aspects the emotional aspects i think you know going back to what you said about luck what's interesting is we rely on those things when the proverbial hits the fan we'll lean into the people we'll play mm -hmm. on the emotions we'll hope that people are, you know are committed enough they've got the yes. um courage to stand up and do what's necessary and stay and they've got the resilience to stay up all night and do this sort of stuff but we don't deal with that stuff early we don't you know no. when we've got the time and the space when you can, you know, I've worked with teams where it's quite obvious that there are going to be struggles here. Mm. 
Um, what we'll do is we'll have the hard conversation at two o'clock in the morning when we can say we, we you need it. It's not it's a black and white thing. And yeah. I think that's quite often what's scary about change for organizations is I don't know what I'm gonna do when we rate when when somebody says I'm struggling or I'm ecstatic or mm. whatever, when somebody raises the emotional element of where they are on one of their many aspects of various changes and etc., I don't know what to do. Mm. And it's quite interesting. It's actually, well, why are you putting yourself under pressure to solve that, to, to identify it, to understand it, to analyze it, to solve it, to test that solution and implement that solution? You wouldn't do that for a thing, you know, in one go. Why are you expecting to have to do that for a human being? Yeah. Start, start with that kind of, so what, 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 what are we all thinking today? What are we all feeling today? How's mm -hmm. it going you know, as a team, as individuals? And I see that that conflict quite often, particularly with leaders, where well, we're a team. We're a team. We will stand together and fall together, which is great, which is awesome. But within the team are individuals, as you said right yes. at the beginning. And there's a real struggle with team versus individuals. And it's it's not versus. There is a it's not a contradiction, it's a complement. If you can see everybody as individuals yet see the whole unit and where it's stretched where mm. it's um where it's succeeding where it's struggling where it's failing where it's doing brilliant things once you can see that you can start to piece together the individual parts and you can see if you're a team member you can see where you need some support where there's a gap and mm. then you can start saying what do we do about this that's yeah. where the team helps is in the identifying the solution the individuals are about this is what i'm thinking this is what i'm feeling this is what i want the team then comes together to say, okay, how can we help with that? Yeah. And and that conflict, as you rightly say, and this is the work that we've been, been doing in some of the, the, the team building team exercises and, and using that Q23, just the short Q23 questions is and, and again an analogy, you've got your your board of 10 people, your project team of, of 10 people. Uh, they're all agreeing on the outside and patting each other on the back, shaking hands and smiling. What's going on underneath when they leave that room to go and do the work? And, and what experiences are they are they going through as well? And that's the key thing. And when conflict arises, it's got to be non-judgmental. Non I'm, I'm adamant about that, that it's not a case of pointing fingers. OK, you're struggling. How do we change that? How do we change the experience for you? How do you actually get you to experience success do you need some help um do you need somebody just to ask the right question at the right time because um we, we do speak less about the things that need need talking about the most and they they're under the surface and that's how we get to those that conflict unfortunately and we can see it now that's the beauty of, of the the tools we're using we can see where that conflict is going to arise you said that um, in the in the projects we're having conversations at two o'clock in the morning. Should that be the case? And are you at the best time to make a decision after you've worked twelve hours um, and you've been kind of pulling your hair out trying to get a, a solution? And you you come up with a solution, but is it the best one? And yeah. are people? And this is what we found certainly in the police service. Some of the assessments we're doing, people are willing to make sacrifices to get the job done. And is that the right thing to be doing? Should we be sacrificing? And normally that comes at a, a price to home life or social life or other relationships out of that work environment. 
that shouldn't really be the case because that's going to build in burnout and it's going to build in mental health issues uh, and issues at, at home. Um, and the maladaptive practices that some people do actually get to in terms of their, their mental health. So we need to have these conversations. It's getting to that root cause of the root cause of the problem, basically. And until we start looking at people in the round in holistic look at them and how do they deal with that role? Or have they got the right innate talent complexity potential to deal with that role and keep them safe as a consequence? And until we go down to that foundation that they build on and understand it, appreciate and have that self-awareness, then we're always going to build in failure. And that risk matrix that we, we, we need to have to monitor and look after people isn't there because we just, and this is a, the term I you, you know, use a lot of the, the time, is throwing darts in the dark. <laughs> it is. And that's that serendipity coming out as well again, isn't it? It's, um, mm, I think I've seen this before, so we'll do that. But what's the risk? What's the change of risk on this occasion? Going back to that, the same team, there's been a fantastic project team. We're going to use them for this project as well. But why did they get a different result after it? What, what, was, what was different between project A and project B? What changed to those people in the in the meantime there? And it's it's fascinating because it's people. It's it's I think I'm I'm likely to get a reputation for taking a, a metaphor and analogy and stretching <laughs> it as far as I can. Go for it. But it's that yeah, I love that throwing darts in the dark. But you know, if we take that a step further, it's like it's not about switching the lights on so that you can see the target and throw it. It's actually switching the lights on. That's it. What can you see when you switch the lights on? Mm. Is the person who's throwing the darts handshaking? Are they facing the wrong way? How, yeah. do, how are they holding their body? How do they look? Yeah. What's going on with the dart? Is it is it a dart? It's a, it's a javelin. Is it? Are they holding nothing and they think they're yeah. throwing? It's okay. It's that taking an interest in the experience of change. Mm -hmm. I think that's the whole experience of change. Going full circle to a side is individual. It's unique. It's contextual. Yeah, and just being aware of that switching on to that to take your analogy of just switching mm. the lights on is a great step it yeah. will not give you all the answers but it's a great step it's a scary step because you will see things that well when it was dark i could just like you said i could just hope the dart hit the board yeah whereas now i've switched the lights on i know it's not going to hit the dartboard yeah you take it even further look at your eyesight and, and hand-eye coordination and everybody is, is different and just taking it a, a step forward as well is that certainly the project I'll, I'll refer to is that there's risk within. You think you're doing the right thing by getting change agents in that are going to kind of help with the help with the change and promote it and communicate it. They're a risk if you don't know who they are because they might be doing it for any number of reasons. The stakeholder themselves, what's what's in it for them? Should we say um, why are they doing it? Is it just another line on the CV to say I've seen this through? Have they got the complexity to deal with it? The project team, the trainers. Um, we brought in a lot of outside trainers who were, if you look at it in terms of a war, were mercenary. They came in, they were given what to to actually deliver. They delivered it and went home and took the pay packet. But if they're not on the same level as the people that are coming in, in terms of the frontline staff. There's conflict there. Well, you could get somebody in the in the, in the group of theirs. So they could come from the front line of policing and say, well, that's all well and good. But what happens if I do this? Because that reflects on my 
world out there, the real reality world. Well, I don't know. I've only been told to kind of deliver this. So they go away disillusioned that actually, I don't think this is going to work because it doesn't actually reflect what I do in on the front line at two o'clock in the morning when I'm on a Saturday night, when there's lots of um, abuse going on, violence, you name it. And I've got to then do this report. How does that work? And the trainer, as good as they want to be or as, as empathetic as they want to be, haven't got the solutions. So that fluid risk matrix goes through the whole project, literally the whole project. So it, as we say, you've got the, the system of, of delivering the project and what you want to encompass in it and deliver. When you drop that blanket of people on top of it, where are the spikes, where are the problems going to occur? Who's not aligned to the right job, be it trainer, stakeholder, project team, and also the front line, we need to understand what's, what's going on there. How Are they in the right place to receive this change? Because if they're not, and they're in a bad place, and, and certainly within policing, we, we see that as well. We, we hear a lot of the morale that's, that's quite low, uh, reduced resources, a lot of burnout that we've seen in terms of the assessments we've done. Adding another layer of complexity in terms of another change, is this the right time? No matter how much it's going to cost, is it the right time to deliver it? And we forget about that as well. We've got to deliver it because somebody's head's on the line up here and they want it and they see it's nice and shiny and it's the latest thing off the, the shelf and we're going to have it. What are the change we've been through previous to that that we're still getting over? And and one, I'll, I'll shut up in a second, but one, one interesting thing was um, there was a question asked of how many change projects were on the go in a certain police force at the same time and people guessed and I think it came out of about 70 to 100 different change projects were on the go at the same time not all of them in synergy because one of the change might affect another one and they weren't aware of it but the comment that struck me was those are the projects that we are aware of which is frightening in itself so what else is going on what else is going on within that force that might have a detrimental or positive effect on the projects that you've already or that you're aware of? And that's quite frightening, really. So. I remember, um, you know, and I, I look back on it with, with with fascination, amongst other emotions now, yeah. but certainly in my corporate days, I remember chatting to a lot of directors as they come into the company and say, okay, so the IT department, how often do you release updates uh, improvements to to, to mm -hmm. the software because a lot of our software is in-house um is it is it monthly is it quarterly and no it's daily what do you mean daily mm. we release patches upgrades system yeah. improvements every day which is crazy now thinking about it and we were at that point at various points we were moving to a, a weekly kind of sprint uh, adoption this was before devops and all that kind of stuff was was trendy um but we were releasing stuff daily we built a culture a kind of a pride around it's ready go it's ready go it's ready go it's ready go and we had a huge team that dealt with that testing was kind of we'll test in live all that kind of stuff and it was fascinating to see people's response to the the implications of change at that pace mm, yes and the reality is even though we were trying to we, we moved to a more steady cadence of releases and we still weekly which is still fast but, but but manageable change does happen even if you've got change happens quickly 
even if you've got a project of months and you know years there's still a lot of change going on every day every week every month in terms of understanding in terms of direction in terms of testing implementations whatever it whatever kind of industry you're in so this kind of we'll sort it out down the line kind of mental we'll ignore it until it becomes an issue yeah. it's is is nonsensical because change is still happening when you kind of put something off something still happens with it mm, it's still going on and i think i said to you yesterday and i still not found it there was a quote if anybody knows this quote please let me know but i'm pretty certain it was by google uh, somebody who worked at google but it was along the lines of it was a, it was a flip on the things are only going to get busy busier and it was you will never be as quiet as you are now mm -hmm. with that because complexity the and this was before things like global pandemics and various other things threw yeah, things yeah. into the mix so the way society is going not just organizations not just work but the way society is going mm -hmm. everything is getting you know there's more faster expectations are higher money is an issue all sorts of complicating factors that are only getting harder and more pressurized it means change is only going to get there's only going to be more change we're going to have to deal with yeah and so just recognizing it's not about the change itself it's about how we respond to those changes again broken mm -hmm. record and acknowledging that as early as possible taking the pressure off you to fix it to just raise it and work with it um has got to be the way forward and when i've seen it done that way when i've been part of a team that's kind of more open about what's going on it does mean that things get delivered better it does mean that occasionally something might be later or there's a compromise made but in the beyond that term beyond that deliverable so it may be okay you know what this sprint we're not going to get in what we thought but that sets you up if done for the right reasons it sets you up better for the next sprint and the mm -hmm. next the next sprint because it builds that that team spirit it right. builds that understanding it builds that capability to to approach these things earlier and you improve rather than which again go back to your point about bringing people into teams right what we need to do is replace you with somebody else because they'll work faster you've still got the same challenges the understanding's not there the emotional um appreciation is not there you've still got the same challenges you've got somebody who's more maybe more technically capable right here and right now it doesn't mean that that's going to sustain and so no building that spirit um is really important yeah and and that one person in or out of a team might have a huge effect positive or negative on 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 that team if you don't know who they are and you don't know how they're going to fit in so it's, it's having that that insight change isn't it it's another change another, another change has impacted the team and everybody on the team will go into that change at a different yes. point some people yeah. will be yay they've gone other people are oh no they've gone Mm. other people will be like there's something different there's something different yeah. Of different. Yeah. so yeah it's another change and it's not that you should minimize change what we need to do and it's not that sorry just something's just come up in terms of i hear yeah. a lot and get asked a lot about well can you help us be more resilient to change um and the, the language fascinates me you know I, I remember going on a course again back in the corporate days about becoming bulletproof that was the name of the change mm. course becoming bulletproof and i remember before i went there saying shouldn't we be looking at why somebody firing bullets at me why do i have to become bulletproof 
shouldn't they stop firing again stretching the analogy further yeah. than it needs Absolutely. to yeah it needs but it that's the problem isn't that the solution isn't make me bulletproof it isn't about me improving my resilience it's about why do i need to be more resilient yeah why do i need to be bulletproof surely we should be looking at again go back to your point the root causes of what's going on here yeah and, and that touches on being proactive rather than reactive and and again that slowing down to speed up and knowing the individual knowing what they've got to offer in terms of complexity and another point just picking up on it i vivid remember that the project was i've been kind of touching on uh, being put back the go live date was put back several weeks and we were brought into the room to be told by the, the project manager he was a good guy really good guy and it you could feel the emotion in the room there's almost tears to say thank goodness for that and he appreciated that if he'd carry on with the deadline the go live date that was set he would have had broken people in front of him literally broken people and that's that's awful um and that's just not healthy it's not productive success isn't going to happen and the risks to people's health and that's why we need to get to this um reactive sorry proactive rather than reactive stance what's happening before people know it we can warn you about you're heading towards burnout if you don't <clears throat> it's not major change in terms of, of of people it's knowing which strings to pull and, and we found this with time and time again with the assessments we've been doing with junior and, and fraser and, and it's been remarkable it's been enlightening it's like <laughs> my wife's just had a, the two cataracts done and i can feel it's like that it's opening your eyes to wow yeah there's that context again has opened my eyes and, and you know my background in terms of aviation and police aviation and and some of the negative conflicts that i went through through there and being able to appreciate and understand why the conflict ensued, my part in it as well as theirs, and you can't get away from that, has, has helped me to heal. And, and that's a powerful thing. And also forgive, because un until recently, probably say two years ago, that person was a figure of, hate's a very strong word, I don't like to use it, but it's certainly a figure of, of contempt. And how dare you do this to me and, and cause this to me? But that happens time and time again within projects. It, it builds, but we, we know where that conflict comes from because it's that lack of understanding between people. And conflict should be a positive thing. There's yeah. so much can come out of conflict through a project, certainly, or through change, that you appreciate people, you have empathy with them, you have that context around what's going on in their lives as well as yours. And so much, and we're kind of going on to bullying now, but so much bullying, I wouldn't like to put a percentage on it, is down to miscommunication and misunderstanding of yourself and of the other person that you're you're, you're doing battle with. That's that's a, a kind of a contentious word, but it, it sometimes feels like that to people. It's a it's a battle, and the lines are drawn up, and I'm not I'm not going to <clears throat> give an inch or compromise. I'm going to go full blast, and I'm right, and you're wrong, and it's that conflict that that transpires due to situations like this. And um, back in the air, air support days, uh, the National Police Air Service, and that was huge change for us. And people didn't realise it, probably, or didn't realise how much it was going to affect them in terms of the job that they were passionate about and and, and loved, and the people around them they loved as well, because your, your life depended on it. Um, and, and that was, on reflection, 
very poorly handled because they didn't understand people. And again, in digital transformation, yes, there's a digital element, but the transformation is people. And so often we forget that transformation of people. And, and that's where we need to get tip the balance in favor of the people here. Because if you get them on board, they've got the vision of where you want to take them. And also you mustn't forget in terms of that complexity level where people sit. And majority of people, we're looking at kind of 80% sit in that simple element of how they deal with things. So they, as we spoke yesterday, they want a steady, stable livelihood. They want a nice family social life. Um, they want to have a, a wage each month, which gives them hope. They, they see tomorrow, they understand tomorrow and where it is. I can go on holiday and I can have a nice car or all these, I suppose they are the kind of um, elements and, and results of, of success for them. They, they picture that. So how do we picture that in terms of change, that this change that's going to be not dropped on you, that's a, a sudden thing, but actually um, provided for you is going to be successful. And where do you sit within that? And how does it affect your personal world? Um, I kind of touched on yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, um, just a, a team of people north of the county. Uh, we were looking at being moved to the south of the county. And through whatever reasons, operational, financial, um, efficiency, um, geographical reasons, a close-knit team in the north of the county were broken because of that decision. Nobody understood it or nobody appreciated it. Because you look at, even though there was a kind of, say there's six people on it, that's probably a little bit more. Somebody was quite happy because they're going to get offered redundancy because they were at that point in their life that, wow, oh, that's great. I've got redundancy. I can leave. I was going to leave in a year's time anyway. So it's just brought it forward. You have a young family who need the wage live locally, the person can um, walk to work, they can pick the children up at night, they can't afford another car to drive the extra 50 miles, 100 miles a day, and that's a two hours on um, or extra to their working day. So that's causing huge, ang huge angst for them. And you've got all these motions going on. So once a very tight-knit team, which was in synergy, shall we say, and looked after each other, were at loggerheads. Yeah. Because they didn't appreciate what each one, because that outward portrayal as well in terms of behavior, well, I'm okay and that's fine, I'm not like this, yeah, that, it'll be whatever, then winds up somebody who thinks, well, it's all right for you, You've, you're in the right place, You can, or you can actually take that time to move south of the county, or you've, you've got a car, you can spend that time. But what about me? I've got the family to look after here, I've got children to look after, I've got elderly parents I need to visit and look after and we forget all that that's in the mix in the pot there that's going on reflecting from a subconscious point of view in terms of is reflected in behaviors and that lack of self-awareness and understanding is huge absolutely huge to a once fantastic team who worked and look, looked after each other and had a stable because they weren't thrown into chaos. They weren't thrown into that unknown. And as, we, as soon as we throw people into that chaotic element, which very, very few, something like 1% of the public, public population can deal with, they're trying to look for solutions that aren't there for them. And they're trying to use solutions 
that might not be there because there's so many unknown unknowns, as it were. And that's that's horrible for people. They can't cope with it because they like to be in that simple, uncomplicated world. I know where the my wage is coming from. I know I can pay the mortgage. I know I can get to pick the kids up at night. Um, I get on with the people around me and it's fine. That's nice and simple. It's, I think that, that kind of picture works, whether you're, whatever you see your lifestyle as, and I use that word intentionally, lifestyle, whether you see it as a continuation of what you've got or something better, um, we've all got those kind of aspirations for something. And when something comes along, which is happening more and more often, regularly from all different dimensions that makes it more likely or less likely that that image will sustain or come true Mm -hmm. we have a response to it yeah Yeah. sometimes minimal sometimes deep and it's not well you can predict it based on geography and data it's an emotional response i'm sure there's some patterns Mm -hmm. but generally speaking i can say yeah yeah when my um when my first child came along two weeks of parental leave and I was back into work second yep. child came along I should have followed that you know if you follow the pattern that should have been all right it was not <laughs> it was not <laughs> yeah um because I was in a different place I was a different person so you know it's you never know quite how people are going to respond so again mm. just opening that up and earlier you know you can question whether in that situation you've just described what's what's the answer is it support is there a different way of talking with the team is there a way of involving them again i use that word intentionally involving them in the impact that will have on their mm. life we've got tends to happen particularly in big organizations as people get shut out of the process mm-hmm. or the union's dealing with that or yes. hr are dealing with that yeah um, if you've got a problem taking mm-hmm. it up with your manager it becomes very process orientated mm-hmm. rather than what will help and I, yeah. I, I can't guarantee or promise, but just just what will help. Um, yeah. What was interesting about you talked about there, it's not just the relationship, it's not just a response to the change from the change team or the organization, it's the relationship with each other in the team. Like you said, mm. well, suddenly, why, why? It's annoying me that they're so happy that this is happening. Yes. It used to go yes. really well, and they're really happy about this, and I'm not. Yeah. Uh, having yeah. been through, you know, having seen a team of, 250 odd people being outsourced Mm. just every day the emotional response different and just with me with directors with the outsourcing team with each other with their boss just constantly evolving and changing yeah um and just respecting that yeah understanding it yeah is so important and just because it pays dividends it it you know you know talking with a client it's like well you know want to help my team but we're going through a restructure so i'm not sure who will be in the team at the moment so can we leave it until we've done the restructure and kind of one of my responses is well how you go into this change sets the tone not just for the people that will stay not just for the people that will go but for everybody that ever works with you in the future yes if if there's this kind of accountancy kind of mind that's saying well if i'm going to have these three and not these five then i'll wait until those five have gone and a new five come along then Mm. you're 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 just seeing things as beans you're just seeing things as assets and these are human beings and you're not respecting your emotional part in that relationship 
which yeah. matters whether it's with these three people who might stay with these five who are going or anybody else that comes mm. in start to retrain yourself in respecting that emotional aspect of the change that people are going through yeah. it's not a waste of time to support and help people that won't be in your team or may not be in your team in the future and i see that so often in kind of this kind of being harsh of this kind of mercenary view of i'm not wasting my time it's not a waste of time no. it's, an, no. it's a positive useful investment because whatever understanding you create will lead you into the next change and as we said this you know take that example that restructure will not be the last change it's not the only change that that whole that that those people in that team and the mm. people around them are going through yeah it's constant and i yeah. don't know about you but organizations seem to go through you know certainly once you get above like 200 people uh, what, what, what month is it right restructure um you know <laughs> yes. it's a constant cycle so that kind of stuff yeah. never goes away so being yeah. able to respect and get emotionally involved in a safe way yeah it's a very important skill yeah we see that in teaching my, my wife's a teacher at primary school that they're going through change um it's a case of put your preferences at the moment for next year which which year group do you want to go in it's change that has so many different ramifications on dependent on which year you get are they the the top level are they the the ones that are coming in that are the rabbits in the headlights that were the bright fresh buttons that that come in and it affects on how she teaches how she communicates with them and everything else and and it's, it's a great it's example isn't it where yeah. even if you look at that relationship with their customer the kids they're constantly changing, particularly mm -hmm. the age, you know, whether whether it's yeah. primary or secondary, the, or even college or university. They're they're constantly changing. Sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, they're like they're a centre of feedback loop. Yeah, the teacher, you, employee, whoever, the, you, you put them at the centre of a big flowchart, and there's all these pressures at home, work, government, health and safety, the children, media um social media and we 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 don't picture that because it all happens perhaps at different times but it's all on the go at the same time it's all that pressure that's that piling on and going back to your point as well that the world is getting ever more complicated how do we deal with that complications and complexity that's that's evolving through things like technical um and digital kind of transformation as well is it helping or is it hindering and have we got the has that transformation and change outstripped our ability to deal with it and who are those people that can't deal with it or need extra support or are afraid and this is a, a big thing we're finding at the moment is people are are desperate not to lose the jobs yeah i cannot afford to lose this job so going back to the the um the change of location they will make the sacrifices to move to that other job because they cannot afford to lose the wage. And I saw this in, in, in MPAS as well. Uh, and, the, and the police is a strange thing because you're always employed. So if you don't like this job, just go back on the beat. That was the kind of attitude. Well, this person's done it for 20 years, is the best at it, and you're going to lose so much and you have to recruit somebody else if they don't go there. So that's going to cost you £90,000 a pop to get somebody in by the time you've recruited and gone through all that process. And again, coming back to your point as well, in that restructuring of a team, how do we restructure as well? That's it. Is it on pure personality, performance and skills? Or is there something deeper, which is what we're looking at, 
It's those innate talents that allow you to do the job that's required. And there's so many avenues this it could go, and it's and it's fascinating. But uh, the ch yeah, change is, is so so huge, um, and a lot of the time we don't appreciate what's happening to us as a person because of it. And uh, one little thing for me is I've just gone through retirement. So finished 31 years in the police, 30 years, and then I did an extra year uh, in the police service. Um, I was a police officer. What's my identity now? And that's a huge change for somebody to change that identity. I'm now an ex-police officer. Uh, and where do those skills that I've learnt over those 30 years, thankfully I've got, well, I like to think I've got a few on the <laughs> basis of the 30 years, certainly some experiences, um, to actually then evolve again into come only i'm only young as you know absolutely Colin. yes <laughs> but what have i got to offer and how can i use that apprenticeship of the 30 years to then influence and change and, and make make a difference for people in the future because that's what policing was it's making a difference so back to that, you know that kind of the response to changes what you've got in you had in your head for 30 years was this image of this lifestyle being a police officer, all these labels, all that kind of other stuff attached yeah, yeah. to it. And then that's not there anymore. Okay, so again, there's a the, the, the likelihood of that lifestyle sustaining has been significantly impacted by mm -hmm. the change. And yes, there's choice involved in that. There's always choice involved in that. You can always stay or go. There's always implications mm -hmm. of those kind of decisions, but yeah. it's still choice. It's about, okay, where, where can I, where can I feel like I can make a choice that um will best help mm. the best yeah. choice i can make not the right choice not the perfect choice but the best choice yeah and i think that's within change helping people realize it's not about becoming bulletproof or resilient or anything like that it's about how can you support them to see where they can make better choices through that mm. process where can yeah. you help others do it and you don't have to be in a leadership position or whatever particularly for me coming back to the team how can a team help each other to see what's going on mm. and where they can make different choices that might help each other more and yeah. it's not i say this a lot it's not easy but neither is ignoring that throwing darts in the dark is not easy it's not easy so yeah, it's because, also not easy yeah. it's easy to throw the dart but it's not easy to for, for that to be meaningful you don't know what can, you don't know where you're going to hit no you might <laughs> could throw it in your foot for all you know so it's, it's not easy yes and we kind of, well, doing it, you know, embracing the emotional response to change is hard. Yes, it is hard. But so's not embracing the emotional response to change. Yeah. They're both yeah. hard. They both put things at risk. They both um, cause things to be late, cause things to be um, more expensive. They both cause relationships to suffer. They both cause unfulfillment. Mm. But one, for me, has a greater potential for learning and improvement off the back of it. Yeah. which is to lean into that kind of acceptance that change impacts people in different ways and then say, okay, now I understand that. What, what can we do about that? Well, how what do we change the experience? How do you yeah. understand it? Um, and I was so, so fortunate to go through juniors psychometrics that I'm, I'm so passionate about now and because it opened me up. Yeah. Um, it allowed me that time and space, again, going back to that initial slowing down to speed up, that time and space to talk to myself, which I'd never done before. And uh, the ability to reflect on past experiences, 
and why they happened, why my actions were as they were and how my behaviors were. And it's, they say, it just, it's like having a new, a new world open to you. And, and what were my preferences in dealing with things? And how did I deal with that level of complexity um, within a, in any given situation? How did I adopt that ability to certain different situations? And I, I, it's fantastic because you feel yourself thinking around situations, which I love. I, I love kind of solving problems. And that was one thing that came out and being creative. But that can be my, or could have been, my Achilles heel. It got me bullied, basically. Because I've got a solution, I've got a solution. This is the way we can do this. We can save money, we can save people's jobs, and they'll be happier when they come to work, and we've got a solution to this, this problem, which was quite, appeared at first instance quite minor, but it would have lost half the, the workforce within the, the base managers. So by going full bore and saying, and being excited and passionate about your solution, caused me to be bullied, because the person I was trying to communicate it to didn't see that, saw me as a challenge, saw me as a threat. And from their level, how on earth can somebody at my level come up with a solution that I should have sure thought of? So there's your conflict. And I've paid the price for it. But I can reflect back and say, yeah, partly my fault and certainly partly their fault as well. And if we get to that point where I can have that psychological safety to put my hand up and say, I've got an idea. How about this? How about thinking about this for a second? And that person thinking, yeah, they might be a lower position, but this voice, um, that cognitive diversity that we need to adopt in that psychological safety could be the solution that actually put, portrays me in a fantastic light. Yes, it's their decision, but I'll tell you what, I'll take I'll take responsibility for it. That's okay because I've got my. I'm not interested in going up the ladder. I'm not interested in doing their job. What I'm interested in, and this you see in teams, I want to make it better for everybody. I want, want to make the organisation better and more productive and help the public, which ultimately was all about. And we miss this unbelievable talent we've got at the root, uh, the, the foundation of every organisation because of that fear and, and that challenge, and we haven't got that safety to to speak up and and listen down, should we say? So that's I think that's a, that's a really good way to cap it off in terms of. I mean, you know, I love the. There's probably a different conversation on assessments and psychometrics and you know, oh yeah, and, and, and where they can really help as opposed to make things worse. But I think whatever it is, whatever you use, it boils down to a conversation. If you use insight to drive that, if you use curiosity, whatever it is, the way to make change more to, to, to understand the experience of change yeah. in a more mm -hmm. useful way is to have conversations. It's, mm. it's, there's no way getting around it. it you know, tech isn't going to resolve this stuff. It's going to be human to human stuff. It's going to be yeah. about the relationships and just yeah. Deepening that deepening understanding comes through conversation. Sometimes leaning into them, sometimes leaning out of them, but flowing through conversations. Yeah. It's for me, you can put structure around it, you can put rituals around it, you can do all that kind of stuff to help, but it still boils down to talk more. Yeah. Because people Whether, and, and like you said, with yourself as well. It's a conversation. Yes. Sometimes it's that conversation with yourself as well that's important. There there comes that, that emotional intelligence and, and when to shut up. <laughs> When to listen. 
There's oh, a hint. There's a hint at two minutes <laughs> to the hour. <laughs> Very nicely done. Yeah, I will take that hint. And is that, uh, called, is that called a segue? I think that's called a segue into. Let's yeah. ease into the end of this. Uh, yes. Into the end of this live, but we filled an hour with. And I'm sure we could have filled another round what we talked yesterday about it as well. So, yeah, brilliant. There was cake involved yesterday, though. There was cake involved. That kind of fueled us through it, so it was good. Yeah. Um, we should yeah. I should have brought you – no, know, I had enough cake yesterday. Don't tempt me with more cake. Um, brilliant. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank Hopefully you. it was useful. Um, I think yeah. we touched on a fair few things. Hopefully the stories um, reached out to a few people as well. So, yeah, thank you for joining us, David. I'm sure – I know we'll chat again, but it'd be good to do some other stuff as well, have some more yes. chats. Undoubtedly, yeah. Put some of this into practice and, and show it how it can be done because it, yeah, it can be replicated and we can look after people mentally yeah, and physically a lot better than, than we are doing. No, definitely. People people matter. Um, it's a constant thread through this this team huddle that pretty much all the answers are, you know, lean into your people more. And they're in the room. Don't lean on them more, lean yeah. into them more. The answers are in the room. Yeah. If you listen, prepare to listen and understand and appreciate who's in the room. I knew there was a reason we got on well, that and cake. That's it. <laughs> all right, mate. Look after yourself. And you. And thank you for joining us, those who did, and speak to you all soon. My pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that from today's conversation, you heard how important it is for you and your team to have more conversations and understand each other more. Please head over to LinkedIn to join Tasha and I in more conversations like this and head over to colinmobi.com forward slash sprint to spirit. That's the word sprint, the number two in the word spirit, where you can join a community of professionals who want to help their teams develop a team spirit you can all benefit from and that really matters. Speak soon.